in the middle of the night recently, I woke up, you know, two, three in the morning. It happens, you know, it's not abnormal. Uh, a thought popped into my head. The thought was, how's the Wi-Fi on the moon? I know, it's like, pff, what? <laughs> kind of a dumb thing, but there it was. So, you know, that thought stayed with me a couple days, and this morning I thought, you know, I'm just going to Google it because I've got like 30 seconds with nothing to do, right? So I Googled it, and turns out there is Wi-Fi on the moon, and the speed of the internet on the moon is ultra fast. This is according to curiosity.com. Thanks to NASA and MIT, researchers have come up with this rig that uses pulses of laser light to transport data from the Earth to the moon, and it's actually not a new thing. It's been happening since at least 2014, five years ago. I know, I know, we're still waiting for the first check-in from Tranquility Bay Coffee Shop, though, right? Uh, hey, hey, it's Tim Patterson, Trade Show Guy, Monday Morning Coffee. Uh, for June 3rd, 2019, I am Trade Show Guy, and uh, my company's Trade Show Guy exhibits. You're probably seeing this on my blog, tradeshowguyblog.com, or listening to it, uh, podcast download. Either way, I appreciate it. If you get a chance to go on over to Apple Podcast and leave a a rating or a ranking or a thumbs up or a, yeah, that would be fine too. So <laughs> I was 14 when Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin landed on the moon, watched by millions, billions of people around the world. I was not one of them because we didn't have a TV. It was the summertime, so I couldn't really go. We lived 20 miles from the nearest town. Uh, and, you know, 40 miles from uh, friends that I knew that I went to school with that had, you know, TV. So I didn't watch it on TV live. I, I'm sure I saw a bunch of the footage later. Uh, but my main way of uh, digesting news at that age, at that point in my life, was through Life Magazine. Because Life Magazine had all these great photographs and stuff. So later, you know, when the issue came out with the moon landing, I got to see all that stuff there and read the story. Of course, I read the Daily Paper. We had... I think the Oregonian, which we got every day uh, up in the mountains of Oregon. So we got to see the pictures then, the grainy pictures from the now internet-friendly moon. So that was a lot of fun. I, I keep hearing that we're going back to the moon. I think would be real cool, you know, if we did that, because uh, I grew up during the space age, read a ton of science fiction as a kid, Philip K. Dick, uh, Robert Heinlein, Isaac Asimov, Arthur C. Clarke, Paul Anderson, all those uh, are my favorites. And, uh, you know, believe it or not, a lot of things that showed up first in science fiction uh, became real, um, including, oddly enough, the Internet. It was envisioned something like that by Mark Twain 80 years before the Internet began to be uh, developed. My other recollection uh, that just off the top of my head is that Robert Heinlein, uh, while he was, uh, I think he was injured in World War II, uh, recovering from something, I'm not sure what the whole story is, but he imagined lying in bed that he would be much more comfortable in a bed made of water. And I think he put that in one of his early stories. So he invented the water bed in a sense. Self-driving cars were invented in science fiction, as were the Google Glass, uh, robots, cell phones, uh, force fields, virtual reality, flexible e-paper, of course, the wristwatch, the Dick Tracy Apple Watch. <laughs> fun stuff, I, I think so. Anyway, more fun stuff on today's podcast, a fun and lively interview with marketing and public speaking expert David Newman of Do It Marketing. Uh, so glad he was able to make time for the show. And here's how that conversation went. I want to welcome David Newman to the Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. David, it's a pleasure to see you. Thanks for uh, spending some time with me this morning. Appreciate it. Tim, the Java smells delicious in here. 
that's why we call it trade show guy Monday morning coffee and not something else, you know? So that's right. I, not that I dislike tea, for example, tea's good. Yeah. I'm all about the coffee just between you and me. All about the coffee. I'm all, all about the coffee too. And of course, here in the Northwest is where Starbucks started and there's a Starbucks on every street corner. So I'm sure that's the same way where you are now. So. It is now, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so David, tell me a little bit about yourself, the company. I know Do It Marketing is kind of where I, I latched onto you many years ago and I've just kind of followed you on your, your, your newsletter and online stuff. And, and you, you've had an interesting story to tell. So give me like the 30 to 60 second version, if you wouldn't mind. Sure. So I started out back in 2002, made every mistake in the book, hit every brick wall, every dead end. <clears throat> as a speaker and as an entrepreneur myself, finally, it took me about three and a half, four years, Tim, to dial this in that maybe you should have a niche. Maybe you should have a target market. Maybe you should be known for something in your industry like you're known as the trade show guy. So then I zeroed in on thought leadership marketing, which is really what I call marketing for smart people which is executives or entrepreneurs with something to say or something to sell. So this would include coaches, C-suite executives, sales leaders who speak, professionals who speak, and of course some professional speakers uh, and trainers and consultants and coaches and business book authors and so forth. And that's really where I've been uh, focused and staying for the last 10, 11, 12 years. Thanks. So, so let's talk about marketing. Um, you know, do it marketing. Uh, we all like to think we know how to market, but the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know. Uh, but we get into it and think, well, I've seen this done. I've seen that done. It's a brand. It's a logo. It's, you know, I like to make the logo bigger. That's kind of the funny thing. Oh my gosh, for sure. So, so where do you start on all this stuff? Back in 2013, I wrote a book also called Do It Marketing. And the, I, you, you wonder, okay, where, where does it start? Literally, where do you start the book? And where we start the book is who are you going after? That is question number one. What is the target market? So really answering two questions overall, Tim, and I think every trade show pro knows this as well when they're looking to build an audience for their trade show and build attendance and build sponsorship and build you know, exhibit booth sales and everything. Who do we want here? So it starts with the who. Answering two overall questions, who do you serve? And for those people, what problem do you solve? So I had to dial in very, very quickly the who and the problem. And I realized it was going to be the, the solo thought leading professional, speaker, coach, C-suite executive, VP of sales, independent thought leading professional, and marketing, sales, business development. How do I get more clients? How do I make more money? How do I make a bigger impact? How do I reach and help more people? Once those two things are dialed in, again, the two questions, number one, who do I serve? Number two, for those people, what problem do I solve? Literally, Tim, the floodgates open and the path opens in front of you. You know how to market. You know how to sell. You know what to say. You know what to send. You're no longer stuck in this fog of confusion. I think that's really important to know who you're after and what problem you solve because a lot of us think, well, I could do this for you know, almost anybody. Um, and, and maybe you could. One of the things I found out over time is that uh, when I started my company eight years ago, I came from a company that did a number of things. The thing they did really well was exhibits for interpretive. In fact, the company is called interpretive exhibits. We're talking museums and visitor centers and things like that. Tell a story in the exhibit. They did some trade show stuff. They brought me in and do that. Uh, but, it, but it was, you know, when, I, when they closed because the owner retired, I was trying to do a lot of different stuff like outdoor signage and all this stuff for 
for waysides and things. And I realized after a couple of years that if I really did nothing but focus on trade shows only, uh, I would have corporate clients um, and that and, and everything else would fall aside. I thought, well, I'll, I'm letting a lot of business go. But what it really did was help me focus on exactly what I wanted to do and what I was best at. And I think that that's, you have to let that stuff go, even though you say, I could do that, but I really am better at this. That's Absolutely right. You have to own the mountaintop that you are on. I agree. I agree. Uh, one of the things you talk about uh, that I've seen on your website is in your newsletters is creating marketing videos. So let's talk a little bit about marketing videos. Um, boy, video is so popular, whether it's live videos on, you know, Instagram or, or uh, Twitter or Facebook or, or wherever. Uh, you can post videos and you can do them easy enough. So what kind of tips do you have for people that want to do marketing videos? Let's do this quick rapid fire tips on this. Um, Mark Schaefer, who's a brilliant branding and marketing speaker, he says that your personal brand is now more important than your company brand. There is no better direct access to your personal brand. And by personal brand, I just mean your personality. Yeah. I just mean your authenticity. I mean your ideas, your value, the impact that you want to have on your audience. I would even go as far as saying, Tim, that every day that you're not on video is a day that you're losing leads, opportunities, and sales. Because video is a way to be connected, to be relevant, relatable, and to deliver value to your target market in a way that they want to consume. Whether, like you said, that could be a Facebook Live, that could be recording videos and uploading them to LinkedIn, that could be using YouTube and developing your YouTube channel where there's a short two to three minute video per day that you have up on YouTube. People love consuming video because it's the one thing you can't delegate. You can't outsource, you can't ghostwrite a video. The video has to be you. Right. And you as the best face and voice of your company, I think you've got a chance to connect, you've got a chance to develop leads, you've got a chance to uh, impress people and influence the conversation in your entire industry. And I think once your videos start to get a following, all kinds of business comes from that. So business to your company, business to you personally, leads, inquiries, email opt-ins, social media following, whatever metric you use, video strategically deployed can get those metrics up and faster than anything else I've seen. Well, let's talk about strategically deploying that. I, I, I know some people, for instance, do a lot of uh, Facebook, but they don't do much Twitter. They do a lot of Instagram. They don't do anything else. How do you decide what works best for you? And I think I know the answer, but I want to hear what you say. <laughs> sure. Well, I think rule, there's two rules. Rule number one, fish where the fish are. Right. So know the habits of your target market. Uh, if they're on Instagram, great. You should be on Instagram. If they're not on Instagram, you shouldn't be wasting a second right. on Instagram. And then the second rule is remember that you are not your target market. No. So when you say, oh, well, you, I, I never watch videos, so I'm not going to produce videos. I'll tell you a secret, Tim. I never watch videos. I'm not a big consumer of video at all. I'm a big producer of video because I've learned through the data that my audience, my tribe, my prospect base loves to watch video. So take yourself out of the equation. Again, it's not about you. It's about them and how they prefer to consume information. You know, I, I agree. I see the Peter Shankmans, the Gary V's. They're doing live videos all the time. They're just walking through an airport and they're talking in their their phone and it's there. And okay, a couple of those are interesting to me, but that's not really what I want to consume. But I'm guessing that they keep doing it because they keep getting 
positive response to it. It's what they do. It's who they are. And that's what their audience uh, has come to expect uh, to a certain degree. Exactly right. And so sometimes you need to own certain media, right? So you need to know, oh, Tim has a fantastic email newsletter. If you're not getting Tim's newsletter, you're missing out. David has these awesome videos or webinars. If you're not following David's videos and webinars, you're really missing out. Now, there's a lot of things that I don't do. I don't do much on LinkedIn. I don't really do much on Instagram, Snapchat, Pinterest. You have to choose your platform and then the more time and attention and focus that you put on a small handful of platforms, maybe two, two or three at the very most, but I kind of like two even better than three, then you can develop a cadence and a momentum and a following. I would, I would want to share this quick little uh, story of, of one of the people I've had on this podcast. It was one of the first guests I had, I think, in early 2017. And she owned a, uh, she's part owner of an agency in New York. Um, and she's, you know, mid 30s, single, and she is on Instagram virtually two or three or four times a day. And that's where, she, that's her wheelhouse. And she yeah. is always doing everything. She's promoting herself. She's promoting the business. And she's saying, I'm in the Cancuns now. I'm doing a cool thing now. I'm doing this. It's all about uh, just putting who she is out there in front of that audience. And it just fascinates me because you get a peek into someone's world that you wouldn't know otherwise exists. And, and there's a lot of personal stuff, but there's a lot of business stuff as well. So, but you get a sense of who this person is. I think it's really, yeah, it's really great to mix the, the personal, the professional, the behind the scenes, <clears throat> the value posts, all of those different things you can mix up. So do post some things personally, do, do post things about your family, your dog, your vacations, but also post value bombs, post nuggets, post manifesto pieces. People also love behind the scenes. They love, well, they go, how does Tim do his podcast? What kind of microphone is he using? What are those cool record albums behind him right now? Uh, and so they want, you know, what are you reading? You know, what are two great books in the trade show business that everyone needs to read? Podcasts, of course, are another fabulous medium. And, you know, you're using a podcast. I'm using podcasts also. So it's about choose your platform and then use it to express your humanity, both personal and professional, because that's what's really going to intrigue people. And I think part of it, uh, that equation is if you're comfortable with that medium, your, your personality is going to come out more. I'm, I'm comfortable being in front of a microphone because I spent 25 years behind a mic in radio. And so this is natural to me. Some people it might not be natural. Uh, so find something else. But I, th I think the part, the second part of that is the more you do it, the more natural you'll get at it. So absolutely uh, right. You one of your, your first comments, which is uh, you talked about thought leadership marketing. Let's kind of circle back and, and let me know your thoughts on what that really is. Sure. Well, my, one of my favorite sound bites is that thought leadership marketing is really the only kind of marketing that's left is that, you know, interruption marketing, spam, shouting, noise, uh, batch and blast the universe with your emails, send out 10,000 postcards, spam your entire network on LinkedIn. That doesn't work anymore. So we're living uh, in an attention economy. And what the attention economy means is first you have to earn their attention before you earn the right to ask for the sale. And I think this is really about helping before uh, pitching and it's about serving before selling. That's really the essence of thought leadership marketing. Great. That don't just tell people you can help them or you got a great product or a great service. Show them by helping them and then invite them to continue the relationship with you, not take a bet, spin the dice and hope that you're the real deal but really offer value, 
invite engagement. That's the new marketing. And that's a lot of the same basics that we've kind of looked at once the internet uh, age came upon us. Those basics really haven't changed. There've been some nuances along the way, I would agree, but I think you're right. The basics are about the same. Also want to uh, touch base on how do you speaking as a way to marketing your business? Um, you've done a certainly amount of that and I have done some of that. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? And how do you approach that if you're not a speaker or if you are a speaker, what kind of things can you do to, to get better at uh, marketing your business? Sure. Well, this is really my wheelhouse. Just like you said about, you know, hey, I found my niche. I found my topic. I found my tribe. And this is what we do all day, every day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So I want you to think about speaking, speaking to targeted groups of influencers, prospects, potential customers, uh, the media, uh, any sort of public facing event doesn't matter if there's 20 people in the room, 250 people in the room, 2,000 people in the room. That is going to be your best personal brand builder. It's going to be your best one-to-many marketing strategy, and it's going to be your best one-to-many sales strategy. So think about how hard most C-suite executives or sales professionals work to talk to 20 individual prospects, 20 appointments with buyers. That's really a very hard-to-come-by precious commodity. Now imagine doing a small event, you've got 20 of those people in the same room, you're spending one hour adding value, asking them intriguing questions, teaching, training, sharing your advice, insights, recommendations with them. That can be converted into 20 sales calls, except you're having all 20 sales calls at once. Now I'm not saying you should be pushy or salesy in your presentation. The presentation follows the marketing mantra that I just shared offer value, invite engagement. Offer value is the speech and the teaching and the training. Invite engagement is the call to action. What would you like those folks to do if they would like to learn more, if they would like to take the next step? Is it book a call? Is it opt-in? Is it a text responder? Is it, you know, let's book a demo? You know, let's show you how this might work in your company. Let's do a 20-minute strategy chat to see how this would apply in your world. Whatever that call to action is, you can use speaking as either the world's best lead generator, which it is, or the world's best revenue generator should you want to professionalize your speaking and start to get three, five, seven, ten thousand dollars $10,000 speaking fees, in which case it's both the revenue generator for you personally and a lead generator for your company's products and services. So think about, again, the attention economy come, comes into play. If there's one guy or gal on the stage and there's 50 people in the audience. Who's the expert? It's the person on the stage. It's the person that has earned that speaking spot. That person has some borrowed credibility from the event organizer. And then when they start to drop all these knowledge bombs and value bombs, they say, okay, I've now found the go-to guy. I've found the go-to gal. Because remember, our buyers are lazy, busy, and befuddled. And it's often the expert at hand that is the expert who gets hired. So Tim, in my estimation with hundreds and hundreds of my clients, there is no better marketing and sales strategy than speaking to targeted groups of your prospects, clients, and, and future uh, buyers. And a couple more things to circle back on that. If you've never spoken, where do you suggest starting? I did Toastmasters. That was a great- Yeah, no, I love Toastmasters. So if you're, if you're not confident in your speaking skills or you've gotten feedback that you need to work on your presentation skills or your speaking skills, Toastmasters is the most supportive, the yeah. fastest, the most structured way to get better. at. It's a learned skill. 
know, really people is. think, oh, are, are, are great speakers born or made? They are absolutely made. Exactly. You should see some of these Toastmasters world champion speakers, some of whom are, are, are friends of mine. They started out as a disaster, but yeah. they just worked their way up the Toastmasters network, practice, skill development, more practice, and now they're world class. And I think it's like anything else, right? We're not experts on day one. That's a supportive environment. Uh, very, very supportive. So I'd agree with that. So uh, David Newman of Do It Marketing, I appreciate you spending some time on the Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. So how can people find you online, David? couple of resources. One is the website, of course. They can go to doitmarketing.com. There are also resources that are connected to the book, which are at doitmarketing.com slash book. And we have some free training for folks that want to develop or build their speaking business. And that's at doitmarketing.com slash webinar. Very good, David. I so much appreciate you sharing your expertise and we'll send some folks your way. Thank you again for joining me. Great to be here, Tim. Thank you, my friend. All right. Thanks again to David Newman uh, of Do It Marketing. Check him out by using the links in the show notes. This week's trade show tip is from my book, Trade Show Superheroes and Exhibiting Zombies. There's a list in there called Seven Essential Trade Show Marketing Skills. Marketing skills. I'm sure there's more than this, but uh, we figure that we'll start with a list of seven. Uh, people skills, or as you might want to read, sales skills. A lot to be said for having the power to get along with people and be persuasive. You know, it's like we learned in kindergarten. Just be nice to people and, and get along with them. Social media skills, also very important this day and age. So can you like, you know, do posts and promote stuff and shoot up videos and upload it and all that stuff? Easier as time goes on. But when this book was published all of, what, a year and a half ago, uh, maybe not as easy as it is today. Number crunching ability. Got to have some math skills. Got to be able to make budgets and figure out where money goes and, and comes and leaves and, and all that stuff. Uh, critical skill, indeed. Uh, organization is probably the number one skill, though, unless you want to argue that people skills is the number one skill. Uh, so many, so so many moving parts in a trade show uh, marketing endeavor that organization is a must. Understanding your product and your market, you know, familiarity with the company's culture and products and competitors and clients and customers is obviously very important to a successful trade show experience. Uh, being flexible. And resourceful. You may not have to be MacGyver, but certainly having a plan B in the back of your head if things go wrong is a very critical skill. Being resourceful, I think that's the, the thing right there. And number seven, sort of the jack of all trades. You, you wear so many hats as a trade show marketer that being sort of the jack of all trades, in a sense, is a good skill. Get the book on Amazon. Uh, this week's one good thing I've been using and in, in trying this new software. I do a lot of audio production. I got this new computer. Uh, and, I, and I wanted to kind of upgrade my my audio production software because I like to write music and mess around and do stuff like that. So I, I ended up buying this software from Apple. It's called it's, it's an Apple, it's a Mac only. It's called Logic Pro, or Logic Pro X, Logic Pro 10. Uh, and I've been going through a lot of tutorials that I found on another website, which uh, I think is Mac Pro Video or something like that, which I will also put a link to. Uh, great tutorials there, very low budget. Um, Compared to some other audio production software out like the stuff that I used to use, it's it's a pretty good price. And, and oh my gosh, it does so much. I'm just really, really impressed with it. And I haven't really more than dipped my toe in the water of it, as it were. So Logic Pro from Apple is, is my one good thing of the week. And that will wrap up this week's Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. Have yourself a great week. It's June. It's June, everybody. We're almost halfway through the year. Wow. Time goes, doesn't it?